0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 79 of Bleeding Blue. And today we are talking about the sorta, kinda potential final 53 man roster which included some surprises but nothing to really get too upset about we'll talk briefly about the final preseason game last week and of course get excited and talk all about the first game of the regular season in jerry world so without further ado let's bleed blue David, happy Monday or happy Tuesday. Happy day whenever you're listening to this. Well, for
1: for the sake of transparency, when we're recording this, Justin, happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. Um, And to all you laborers out there and non-laborers, happy Labor Day.
0: Yeah, even you lazy folk.
1: Yeah, even you lazy people who aren't laboring, I hope you had a good barbecue.
0: It's ironic that happy Labor Day... You get a day off, so nobody's laboring.
1: Well, it's we're celebrating all the labor we do throughout the year.
0: Labor, labor, labor. We've said labor a lot. We have. <laughs> we're laboring through the beginning of this episode. Thank you. There's going to be a few chill episodes throughout the throughout the year because we're going to have our bi-week episode, which is hopefully going to be chill. And hopefully we're not arguing about some sort of future of the quarterback situation. There will, there's
1: also going to be an episode about the bye week when we're waiting for the division around the playoffs to start when we have a bye week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Merry Christmas! You're not going to the playoffs.
1: <laughs> yep. Oh man. Yep. But Justin, so, uh, we, got, we got we got a lot yeah. to get into. We got we, a lot of things have happened since the last time we uh, since the last time we spoke,
0: um, and we expected the and we expect a lot of things to happen. So. Yeah, a lot of things did happen, but in terms of like a lot of things that I feel like we need to like analyze and break down and I don't really feel like a ton of a ton has happened. No, no. I mean, I think we there were we had a couple of big
1: questions, I think going into roster cuts and by now they've all been answered and I don't think any of them were huge, huge surprises. Maybe there were some surprises, but even if there were surprises, I'm not overly upset about them. Um, We'll get into them. You know, we'll we'll go kind of systematically through through the roster and point out some interesting, uh, interesting cuts or, or, you know, whatever it may be. We'll go through it. Um, But, yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything that's that I I think a lot of Giants fans were very, very upset with a lot of
0: what they did. And I don't really know why. I think it's easy to get attached to some people during the preseason. I suppose. And especially like during camp, uh, I, I do find it very difficult that some people get so attached to some people if you didn't go to the training camp practices. And that's not saying that, oh, you're a bad fan. That is the lead, that is the furthest thing from what I'm saying. But if you didn't even go to them during camp, and I feel like even beat reporters don't necessarily do the best of job of letting people know what's actually happening at camp. I found that out this summer, David, just because in years past I wasn't paying attention. To everything like I'm like I'm trying to pay attention to like I am right now. Like I would go to camp and I felt like, you know, there would be people that are sitting in the seats like fans that would go to training camp like myself who would provide commentary and who would provide sometimes videos here and there. I feel like they would do a better job than some of these beat reporters like that's that's just my opinion. And they're actually on the field.
1: Yeah, well, I mean beat reporters they, they've got they've got they've got a, they've got an audience they're writing to and, and unfortunately I think some some reporters do it better than others staying solely objective like totally objective and and really writing what need. you know if you're a beat reporter you 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 are supposed to be on the heartbeat of the team that's the idea but i think you know every media member's got to cover the main story so talking about the the 52nd guy on the roster is really not what they're focused on
0: before we even get to the 53 man roster because i don't want to just forget about this we did play a football game last thursday and it Honestly, low key feels like it was 3 weeks ago that the game was it played. Does. Like between this long weekend and I don't know, this this was just like a really really long weekend. But uh we played a football game. We uh defeated the New England Patriots by a score of um x to x. We won. I forget the score. <laughs> but uh, we walked off. We walked off the New England Patriots. We had a walk-off victory. I mean, it certainly it
1: certainly helped that Alonzo Russell scored the game winning touchdown against a fellow wide receiver. Oh yeah, <laughs> might have something to do with why <laughs> why he was able to score. Uh, the final score was thirty one twenty nine. Thank you, David. Giants scoring twenty one unanswered points in the second half to erase the fact the Patriots scored twenty six unanswered
0: in the second quarter. It was a pretty boring game. It was extremely sloppy. But I mean, what are you expecting from the fourth preseason game like for example our game balls that David and I would give this episode are prop would probably be Kyle Luletta and Alonzo Russell and both of them aren't even on the team and an honorable mention would be Jake Ceresna because I just love he had a he had a he had like two sacks this game not even on the team anymore so it's not even worth like breaking down the game since like half the (laughs) more than half the guys that really played in that game they're not even on the team so. Yeah,
1: I agree. I agree. There, there is actually one guy I want to point out. I thought played really, really well. Um, in his share of snaps, I thought R.J. McIntosh played a fantastic game. Um, yes, another one of those guys in the, on the front seven that that the Giants are just kind of hoping. One of those guys you you kind of throw out the ball and you hope he breaks out. Um, but I thought he looked really, really good. He looked really comfortable. Um, early on, I think he got starting minutes, be, starting reps because. Of all the players that weren't playing, I think he was on the starting lineup. And he really from, from opening whistle played with a lot of intensity, a lot of speed. He was in on every play. Think I wanna say he led, led the team in tackles, but I could be wrong. So don't quote me on that.
0: Yeah. Um but I thought RJ McIntosh played really well. Cool. Cool. Yeah, that was that was it. They they walked it off. It was a boring game, sloppy game, but the ending was but the end was very exciting because it's it was probably the most boring game in which 60 points were scored. That's a good point. That's a great point. It's
1: probably the most boring 60-point game I've ever
0: seen. Yeah. It was also that that two-minute drive was also very slow.
1: <laughs> it was yeah. incredibly slow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, there's a few, there's a few different news, news updates. My heart is broken. Terence fade was cut from the team. Terrence I'm Fede sorry. has been a, I I know. It's it's it really, really was a tragedy. He wasn't even picked up for the practice squad, so he's just gone. Um he he did, however retweet two of my tweets like i i guess he i guess maybe he did some digging or i guess maybe he did like a name search and i don't really think anybody else besides myself was tweeting about terence fade <laughs> so it wasn't that hard to find those tweets so he retweeted two of my tweets and then he like quote tweeted another one and it was fun it was fun we had a nice little interaction on twitter and uh, uh i hope terence fade loves me because i will love him for the rest of my life
1: i saw the i saw that um he was one of the first on saturday to be doing i think announced this being cut and i the minute i saw it i thought of you i felt so bad for you my heart dropped
0: Hey, he balled out but that's okay um <laughs> fate takeover's takeover
1: out. is gonna have to wait
0: for another year yeah <laughs> um unfortunate news curtis riley made the raiders roster get your milk ready and if you're if you're a recently new bleeding blue listener because we've garnered some listeners over the summer which i thank you so much for being here i thank you so much for listening i thank you so much for leaving a five star review on the apple podcast app and writing a positive review for us wink wink but uh during the spring david and i were having a conversation during i believe it was our bleeding blue town hall episode where I just remembered this conversation that David and, I, David and I had on Twitter, and I said, you know, if Curtis Riley makes the Raiders roster, I'm going to do the milk challenge. Now, at this point, I did not know what the milk challenge was. I did not know <laughs> its health impacts, its possible health impacts on you, on a person where you have to drink a gallon of milk in 90 minutes. And I've read some dangerous, dangerous, like, side effects to completing this chat. Excuse me. To completing this challenge. I'm kind of nervous. Well, and also to start, you don't like milk, do you? I don't like milk. So, I mean, take all the health risks away. You just don't like it. No, which is why it's going to be even more miserable, because I'll probably die, but then I'll die miserably. I think you
1: served as the sole motivation for Curtis Riley to make the team.
0: Wait, David, I need to give context. I need to give context. David and I used to make like videos of the podcast on Twitter, like promotional videos, like best of moments. Also, we can't make those videos anymore because David and I can't see each other when we're recording. We had to change the way that we record our episodes this summer. So, Curtis Riley saw the video that we made where we were talking about, oh, Curtis Riley needs to be launched into the sun. Um, and I said it's great because Las Vegas is like the second places, the second closest places to the sun on planet Earth. So I consider that a W. And if Curtis Riley makes the roster, I have to do the milk challenge. So he found this video. He, I guess, he just name searches himself. He found this video. He does this often. Yeah, he found this video, and then he replied to the video and he said, "Get your milk ready, fat boy with B O I, with the clown emoji and, then he put, and a clown
1: emoji." That was the best part. Yeah, I you I think you served as a motivational per, as the motivational uh fuel that Curtis impetus. Riley needed. He, you were the impetus exactly. It wouldn't shock me if Curtis Riley went to John Gruden and said, "Look, I'm trying to make this roster cuz I want to make this I want to make this this dumbass on Twitter do the milk challenge and watch him, you know, vomit for a half an hour straight." And John Gruden in his John Gruden voice was like, "Man, that's awesome." Let's do. it. You know, formations yeah, and personnel what- <laughs> Exactly. I could totally see that that conversation taking place. Keep an eye out HBO Hard Knocks. I guarantee you're going to see that happen somewhere. <laughs> By <But wait. laughs> Imagine HBO Hard Knocks we should get it, Justin Penny gets a big shout out on Hard Knocks cuz Curtis Riley goes to Gruden's office and, you know, got to make got to make this guy uh do a milk
0: challenge. So, you know, just yeah, he sign me personnel what <laughs> Wait, but I'm actually disappointed that Curtis Riley like has not made an appearance on Hard Knocks. Like I'm actually distraught. He should have been like a lead
1: storyline. Maybe he's keep maybe he's keeping he's keeping his head down. He's just he's just doing his
0: job. Poorly, but he's doing his job. I highly doubt that. This I no. highly doubt a man who is so confrontational on social media is just keeping his head down and working. That no. Absolutely not.
1: Yeah, no. Kurt, Curtis Riley does this often. He he gets he is is gets into it on Twitter often. It's really weird. It's a little the the opposite of keeping your head down. I'm just saying, maybe maybe <laughs> maybe being in Oakland's changed him.
0: Yeah. All right, let's get into a. Uh, it should be let's being get in a. Being in Oakland has changed a lot of people. <laughs>
1: <coughs> i'm choking just
0: ask uh, just ask uh, what just ask what's just ask marcus russell
1: yikes but yikes. justin let's let's talk about 53 people who are not curtis riley shall we
0: oh you you've been having some really good transitions lately thank you all right are you done are you done coughing and sneezing i might need like 20 more seconds do you need a, okay i'm gonna give you 20 seconds i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> sing sweet home alabama sweet home oh, alabama. this needs to end quick <laughs> <laughs> David's just coughing.
1: <laughs> this, is, this is quality radio.
0: Good radio. All right, I'm good to go. All right, so the final sort of maybe 53-man roster is out, and this is as of Monday evening, Labor Day evening, that this roster is out. So, David, I figured, you know, let's just maybe go position by position, talk about some maybe headlines, storylines, significant players that didn't make it, some significant players that did make it. Uh, Maybe we'll ask, who the hell is this person? And odds are that neither of us are going to know. Odds are that neither of us are really going to need to know because there's a chance that that player may even be gone in a few weeks anyway, so we shouldn't even do that much research into them. So, David, let's just do it. Let's do it. Why don't you be the main moderator here? I'd be happy to. Start us off with the the quarterbacks here, David. All
1: right, so... Quarterbacks, um, obviously you've, the Giants decided to carry three this year. Uh, Justin, you and I have talked about why we thought that didn't make any sense, but lo and behold, I, I don't think it's a big shock they carried three. They've carried three for a long time, um, and I, I wasn't expecting any difference. Eli obviously won, Daniel Jones two. We've known that for some time. The big question mark was that was the quarterback three. Was it going to be Laletta? Was it going to be Tanny. To all accounts, Kyle Laletta has outperformed Alex Tanny all preseason.
0: Uh, I think, I think for a while they were, they were neck and neck sort of, I think I would differentiate between games and practices. Okay. Explain Kyle Luletta for a decent portion of the preseason. I would say maybe after week one, it was even, and it was a push, but then maybe after that, you know, you're like, Oh, Kyle Luletta actually, you know, outperformed Alex Taney in the games. But definitely in practices, and definitely in practices that I was going to, even th- even some reports that you heard throughout the spring, no bueno. Like, Kyle Luleta was not good. And Alex Tanney has always proven to be the veteran in the room, the veteran in the room. And the Giants may have just taken this stance, David, just like we've said on this podcast, you know, if you're if you're getting to a point where Alex Tandy needs to play, where your third string quarterback needs to play, your season's basically done to begin with. And
1: honestly, <laughs> something tells me if that actually happened, let's say Eli, let's say Eli gets benched or Eli, let's say Eli gets hurt and Daniel Jones yeah. goes out there and just can't play football for some reason. He, he they they decide it's so bad they need to they need to do something else.
0: Or no, I would say he gets hurt. There's no way that Daniel Jones would get benched.
1: Let's say okay, fine, fine, fine. Let's say they both let's say they both get hurt. Let's say they they go classic Washington Redskins style, and they both get hurt.
0: Ooh, that was mean. That was a mean comment.
1: I think <laughs> I think even if like Alex Tanny is on the roster, I think they're still going to try out all the quarterbacks, and you might see somebody else. Yeah, I don't think Alex Tanny would even in that scenario be guaranteed, be guaranteed the starting job in the in that next week.
0: Yeah. In
1: understandably, I get it in a little bit more limited watching of him. I do think uh, Laletta over the course of the preseason showed the ability to move the offense more than Tanny ever did. Tanny can make can make plays. He's a veteran, but I think the reason he's on the roster, it's about the fact that he's a guy in the room. I don't think it Mm -hmm. has anything to do with on field on the field play, because if we're going by strictly on the field play, I think Laletta should have been your guy. And. Pat Shermer loves to be able to develop quarterbacks. And I think LaLeta's got to be more developed, more prone to development than Tanny at this stage in their both in both of their careers. I also think it's a moot point because you and I both agree I don't think either of the, these guys should be on the roster. If you're looking for a veteran in the, in in the room, say what you want about Eli, but Eli's got to be
0: better than Tanny. Eli Manning <clears throat> is getting ready to perform and he's leading by example where Daniel Jones is actually speaking with Alex Tanny and they're communicating together where Alex Tanny is playing the role of Josh McCown where the Jets brought in Josh McCown last year for the sole purpose of mentoring Sam Darnold it was not Josh McCown, you're going to go out there and you're going to win football games. Eli Manning is going to go out there and attempt to win football games. He's not here to mentor Daniel Jones, so that's where I feel like the difference is here, David. Where okay, I, yeah, I it, like, like that. you that's said, he's he's the he. It's the presence in the room.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So I think I think for anybody who's bothered by the fact that Tanny's on the roster, I, I've seen a bunch of people say Tanny's on the roster and this guy isn't. How does that make any sense? Or I've seen yeah, people have say, been
0: very bothered by
1: this. I've seen people say. Um, the Giants have a 52-man roster and Alex Tanny. I mean, are we really relax. It it Yeah. The like we've said the Giants we knew they were going to hold three quarterbacks the whole time. It, honestly, I would feel the same way about the fact that they held three quarterbacks if it was Tanny or LaLatta, I don't care. I I and if you're if you're a Giants fan hoping for the best season possible, you hope to God that it doesn't matter who they right. who who they brought as their third quarterback here. Um, so let's not spend too much time on the quarterback. I don't think there's any- yeah, david that's i want not- to
0: give I want to give one final point. Go ahead, go ahead, one final go ahead. point because really the only problem that you can have with it is that this is the first roster pick from the Dave Gettleman era that's not on the team anymore. and it's a and it's a fourth rounder. so that's kind of like somewhat high stock, but that's the only problem that you can have with this, not the fact that it's fifty two <clears throat> plus Alex Tanney. Or Kyle Luleta actually brought something tangible to the table. It's the fact that this is a draft pick that is no longer on the team anymore. That's a small critique in what has been a very impressive two draft classes for Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman has have, has often gotten the critique of being arrogant
1: and kind of set in his own players. I appreciate the fact that he can look at a quarterback that he drafted and say, "This guy ain't it. I don't want this guy in my. I don't want this guy in the locker room. I'd rather have Alex Tanny
0: in the locker room." Also, the whole to, thing with the with the police last year didn't exactly help us. To far. me, that to me
1: that shows the fact that he actually it, it, it's not just we all thought when he signed Jonathan Stewart, right? We thought that was like the biggest case of of nepotism in a front office you could have we could have imagined. He's at least showing that he's willing to sever ties with his guys if he feels like they're not good for the team going forward. Right. So let's move on. Let's move on. So running backs. So they've got four listed. Obviously, Eli Penny, I'm, I peg more as a, as a fullback. Yeah. So four running backs on the roster. you got Saquon Barkley, Wayne Gallman. No surprises there. The third running back, that was the one that we've been talking about for some time. Ends up being Paul Perkins. Now, I think this was, to me, this was one of the more fascinating position battles in camp and the preseason. And by by cut day, it was kind of a done deal. We knew exactly what it was gonna be. It, it kind of went from from a really interesting camp battle to we know what's gonna happen because it was clear that the Giants didn't were not gonna give a spot to Hillman. It was it was clear he just wasn't getting the reps, just I guess just didn't show enough uh throughout the entire offseason. And then Rod Smith goes and get you know, gets an in- and sustains a I wanna say it was a adductor.
0: An, an adductor injury, yeah. I don't David, what is an adductor That's a great question. You know? uh, that's a great question.
1: I have no idea.
0: I don't. I don't know. I, I think is is it a Victor Cruz and grown toenail? Is it the same thing? I don't know. Is that is that what the 2019 Giants uh, fake IR injury? I don't think it's fake.
1: I don't think it's I don't think it's fake because I think the Giant. I think if he had not sustained an injury, I think he's getting
0: I think he's getting the roster spot, not Paul Perkins. Well, right, but I think so, the whole point of putting somebody on the IR like that is that they can actually stay around. They can stay on the roster. But at the same time, they don't have to sever ties with Paul Perkins, so he's here. So you can kind of keep both guys. Right. Do, do, you, do you understand I, yeah. what I'm saying? I, 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 yeah, I totally follow you. Not to totally just jump the gun. Did they do the same thing to Big George?
1: Yeah. So they did do that with Big George. Um. So that's a good point. That, that that's probably more what more they're doing. For the record, the adductors are a group of muscles in the leg. Oh, yeah. It's it's a uh, it's leg muscles. They are all located somewhere along the side of the thigh. They all Ooh. originate in different places at the front of the pelvis. So right in the meat, right in the meat of the leg. And for Rod Smith, there's a, there's a lot of meat in that, in, in those legs.
0: Bleeding anatomy here.
1: Bleeding anatomy.
0: Let's <laughs> start that new podcast. All right. So, uh, Really, I, I think this is the best case scenario, David, you know, not to say that we want Rod Smith to be hurt and Rod Smith not to play football, but really just looking at this from a business standpoint and just from like a, a, a team standpoint, these are the best three running backs for the Giants in 2019. I would agree. I, I would agree as much as
1: and anybody who's been listening knows I have not been a fan of Paul Perkins. I, I'm I'm very hard on him. He looked he did start looking. He's looked a lot better. In
0: my, in my estimation, through Weeks 3 and Week 4. Let's not underplay and undersell the fact that Paul Perkins, he did not play football last year. So, you know, I think it's kind of unfair for... I don't think fans have been unfair to Paul Perkins in saying that he's been terrible, but you do have to kind of take that with a grain of salt, where Paul Perkins didn't play football last year, and he's kind of been injury-prone throughout his entire career, so the fact that he's just getting his sea legs back And he's just getting back into the swing of things. Hopefully, he does start to look better in the regular season. But you do also do have to consider how many reps is he realistically going to get. You have to hope that he can come in cold off the bench.
1: Yeah, Um, and also I I just want to—I do want to touch on the fact that listed as the fourth running back, you've got Eli Penny, and and I think you and I both—I mean, obviously Eli Penny, friend of the show—that he he doesn't know it, but he is—but he is a friend of the show,
0: friend of the show. Um, You're damn right.
1: The way that they use Penny really can't be undersold I think he he's got a very large role in this offense he did last year and I think he'll have an increased role in this offense this year I just want to touch on him because we don't have fullback listed I don't want to skip over him because we're talking about Paul Perkins so I think Eli Penny not that he was we knew he was not going to get cut we knew he was gonna be on the roster the whole time but don't forget the usage of Eli Penny I, I I have a feeling that Pat Shermer envisions in a perfect world Eli Penny playing a role of a um a John Kuhn of sorts. A V-back. Y- you know what he
0: calls himself on Twitter? Oh uh, V-back. V-back? V. The letter V. V-back. V-back, yeah. Do you know what the, do you know what the V stands for? Versatility back. That's right. You damn right. I think he listens. He had to listen. <laughs> he had to No, this is a huge not this isn't even a huge conspiracy theory because David how many times have we mentioned versatility 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 it's, throughout this entire summer it's an,
1: incre- an incredible amount it's probably the
0: word we've said the most i've made videos on elijah penny while i was rewatching every 2018 snap he retweeted a few and then he and then he started to coin this term back. and i'm like you know what elijah penny's a listener of bleeding Blue. it's confirmed he's like he's like my best friend on the giants he really is. I like his tweets. He likes some of mine. We're like great friends. So that's the running backs. Uh, also, take note: Elijah Penny was catching screens uh, against the, I believe, is against the Jets. He caught a screen pass as and he was lining up as a wide receiver. So Love Pat it. Shermer may have some, uh, may have some interesting things planned for him. David, let's move to wide receivers.
1: Let's. So six wide receivers listed: Sterling Shepard. This is in no particular order. Sterling Shepard, Benny Fowler, Russell Shepard. Cody Latimer, Darius Slayton, and Cody Core. Um, yeah, it
0: better not be listed in any particular order. Don't be fading, <laughs> my man. Cody Latimer, our guy, Cody <laughs> Latimer, another friend of the show.
1: So, just to make a couple quick notes. Obviously, Cody Core was picked up uh, today, this afternoon. Was he yesterday?
0: Yeah. Who the hell is Cody Core? Cody Core he went to West Virginia, right? Cody
1: Core went to West Virginia. He's uh, he was with the Bengals this off season, uh, this this preseason. He seems to have played okay, uh, from what I can tell. He's a big body. Now, obviously, they've got Golden Tate waiting in the wings, suspended for his four games. So, one of these guys, and I would have to imagine it's going to be Cody Core, uh, yeah. will be will be waived when Tate returns. So we'll look at let's look at it from that from the the pre Tate perspective for a moment. Really, no big surprises. Again, uh, the only I think the major surprise. If you could, if you want to look for, if you have to find a major surprise, it would be that Alonzo Russell really did play well towards the end of the uh, preseason. In the fourth week, he played very well, and he gets cut as well as TJ Jones. I thought TJ Jones played really, really well. Um, my guess is he got hurt in his inability to just cleanly field kicks, uh, punts, and kicks because um, I think that's where they were. I think that's where they were hoping he'd make some major contributions. Uh, I think out of all of the roster decisions they've made i think waving tj jones is their biggest
0: mistake now david here's a plug for the pregame show we talked about this on the pregame show we talked about tj jones and where he is in where in the game he was going to play and if that at all was going to kind of decide if he was going to make the team or not or whether or whether it will impact his chances on making the team or not so we we talked about maybe a good a good chunk of a few minutes there And I said, if you're playing closer to the fourth quarter in the preseason, the closer you are playing to the fourth quarter, the further you are away from making the 53-man roster. Now, David, you disagreed with that, but at the end of the day, I told you you were wrong, and I said I was right, and at the end of the day, I think I prevailed. So I, you were wrong. I, I'll admit, but it's a little—it's a little plug for the pregame show. It's a little plug for the pregame show because we also talked about how Daniel Jones was only going to play like less than a quarter, and everybody thought that he would play an entire half. And lo and behold, if you listen to the Bleeding Blue pregame show, you would have known those two things. So I, ahead, David. Um,
1: yeah, I'll admit, I got, I got this one completely wrong. I I was looking at the fourth preseason game as if TJ Jones. I thought TJ Jones had locked up a spot. I thought. I honestly thought it was an afterthought. I thought the real the real cut was going to be for the sixth spot between, um, Russell Shepard, Alonzo Russell, and I was hoping Reggie White. But I actually think ahead of Reggie White, I think was Britton Golden. So I got this one totally wrong. That this really did surprise me. Uh, he gets cut quick. He was a quick cut. He was one of the first announced. Yeah. So that was a major surprise to me. And I think the other the other surprise would be Alonzo Russell not making the team after performing throughout the preseason and the fourth preseason game. Obviously, I think stepped up, but just didn't show enough. So this is what you're looking at: Shepard, Fowler, Russell, Shepard, Cody Latimer, Darius Slayton, Cody Core. A decent mixture of size and speed. You've got some guys on there that Eli seems to have a pretty good connection with. Uh, obviously, you hope Darius Slayton can can shake the injuries he's been fighting, and we can. And he can be a weapon because I think
0: hamstrings are tough.
1: Yeah, especially for a guy who bases his whole game on speed. Mm -hmm. But I I think you've got an interesting mix there. You need to see you need to see big weeks, especially without Tate. You got to see big, big weeks from Fowler and they need big weeks from Latimer. Justin, I want to ask you really quick since we didn't list them in any order. The first two were obvious are obvious depth chart orders. Right. So like quarterback and running back are easy to figure out what the order there is. Just give me a, a brief. Now, obviously, this is pre-Tate.
0: What do you think you're looking at? One, two, three. Shepherd, Latimer, and this is it's tough, a tough one. But I honestly am going to say Russell Shepard. Okay. I think they like him that much.
1: I agree. I think it's. I think it's Shepard Latimer. I think it's Fowler. I think Eli and
0: Fowler have played well for some time. Here's my line of thinking, David. I view Benny Fowler. As a slightly less Cody Latimer. So I kind of view them as almost like the same player. Whereas Russell Sh- Russell Shepard can bring a different skill set, which is the non-physical, not to say that Russell Shepard isn't isn't physical and he's a and he's a bad football player. That's not what I'm saying. But I just think he brings something different that Benny Fowler doesn't, and more of the quote unquote possession receiver. Um, I don't even know if he's a slot receiver. I don't think you can. Bowl. and also Sterling right. Shepard is going to be the slot guy, so there even is no need for a kind of quote unquote slot guy because you are going to have Sterling Shepard fill that role for the first four weeks before Tate comes back. So I, I just think they like Shepard. I really do. Not to say that you know Benny Fowler is going to be involved, but if you are going to if you are going to look at the guys who are going to be out there first, play of the game when the Giants run eleven personnel. I think it's going to be Shepherd, Latimer, Russell, Shepherd.
1: Okay, I mean that's fine. That's fine. I I don't. I it's hard to necessarily disagree. I, I think the point is, I would I would venture to say Fowler and she- Russell Shepherd will probably get somewhat even snaps. Yeah. I don't. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a, a fluid a fluid third and fourth wide receiver situation. I think it's going to be clear that Darius Slayton and Cody Core will not be. They are they're not going to be featured. I could see Slayton in here and there if he's even healthy by then. Um I don't think we'll see core at all. If if you know, the other thing is think about the Giants offense. This is not an offense that's designed to go five wide. It's 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 not really an offense that's that's designed to go four that's designed to go four wide. So I think that's why I focus on the top three, because I think you have the best chance of seeing three receivers on the field at one time. But I think that third one will be flipped back and forth between Russell Shepard and Benny Fowler based on the situation. Yeah, obviously Tate comes back. I don't think it's shocking to say Tate comes back and Cody Cork gets bounced off. No, correct? No. Okay. So just want just want to make sure we were on the same page there. Um, but yeah, this is a position group that they need to find ways to make plays because without Tate, um, you're missing a lot of production there. So guys got to step up for sure.
0: David, let's uh, um, let's quickly go to the tight ends because yep, it we'll really, go. really, what's all, what's all there to say besides it sucks for uh it sucks for Simonson that he's on the IR and it sucks that he made such a great play and he got hurt. And now he can't be a part of the team this year, but uh, I'm surprised they, no, I'm not surprised they kept four guys, but not much, not much to say rather than it sucks for Simonson.
1: Yeah, it really does. Let's, let's really quick. So it's Evan Ingram at one, uh red Ellison two, Garrett Dickerson and Eric Tomlinson. Eric Tomlinson was signed today, I believe. Um, or he he might have been signed right after they put Sam Beal in the IR, which would have been yesterday. The corresponding um, move two days. Well, I don't know. I'm losing track of the days at this point. I really like the Evan Ingram, Red Ellison one and two. I think that I, I think they have a very good contrast of skills. Um, but I also think Ellison is an underrated pass catcher. Um, and we talked about on the Evan Ingram episode. We talked about how Evan Ingram is ha, is an improved run blocker. So I think they've
0: got a very very good complement to each other. There is still no doubt that simonson and Ellison. If you're if you want to talk about 12 personnel solely dedicated to running the ball, there still is no doubt that you know a Simonson Ellison combination would have been like solid. Oh yeah, that would have been a plus strength. Absolutely. But now it's not necessarily a plus plus strength. It's just like a eh, let's hope Evan Ingram can hold his own.
1: Well, and and also in in obvious running situations. There's a, I got, I I hate to say it, but there's a reason why Eric Tomlinson got signed. I don't know if you've looked up Eric Tomlinson's, his, like his measurables. He's 6'6", like 230, like 230, 240 pounds. He's big. He's a massive human being. And his, his pedigree is blocking. He, I think he played for, I think he was on the Jets. He, his, his game is blocking. So. In obvious running situations, they'll trot him out. They'll take Evan Ingram out. Again, it's play, play your guy's strengths. And this team should be good enough at running the ball that the uh, the opposing defense should know you're coming and running the ball, and the Giants should be able to still run the ball. Um, so in, in those critical, critical third and one rushing down, don't be shocked if you don't see Evan Ingram out there and they try to replace Simonson with someone else, uh, as opposed to saying, let's see if Evan Ingram is an improved blocker this year. Garrett Dickerson more of a pass catcher yeah uh played okay in the preseason definitely would not be on the team if not for the season yeah. he
0: made some plays though he did he, he did made some plays um all right so let's go to the uh let's go to the offensive line I know you've been really focused on the offensive line uh throughout preseason the the
1: the, the battles at the back end so why don't you go through this one
0: yeah um so obviously you have Nate solder Hernandez Zeitler, Remmers as your tackle and guards but then where it gets interesting is Eric Smith, Nick Gates, and Chad Slade. Um, basically, I think the Giants are in a very tough situation right now with in terms of their, their tackle and guard depth. Obviously, Spencer Pulley is a center guard hybrid, so if either one of the left guard, center, or right guard positions goes down, Spencer Pulley can step in and he can play and he could be serviceable. That's what he was signed. We signed him to a three-year extension. He was signed to be the Swiss Army Knife. However, for, for the tackles, not feeling absolutely great about that because, you know, you had Big George who looked really strong early in camp. You were hoping that these concussion issues of oh, what, you know, usually go oh, NFL guys, they take, you know, two weeks for a concussion or really to really get back from a concussion. This was not one of those cases. He's going to, you know, we're probably not even going to see him in 2019, which absolutely sucks. So now we're like, okay, Chad Wheeler started a decent amount of games last year. You feel great about Chad Wheeler. Being a backup, but then he comes out and he's not that good this preseason and then he hurts his back and then he is waived because he's injured. So the way that the Giants categorized um, their cuts is that the waved/ slash injured crew that includes guys like Kenny Ladler, who is a safety Henry Tolliver, who was going to get cut anyway. So a lot of these guys, uh, Alex Wesley, a lot of these guys were going to get cut because they were bad anyway not just because they were injured, but the Giants categorized them under that. So, like, this kind of sucks. This kind of sucks. I'm I'm confident in Nick Gates playing tackle, and I say that tentatively, but uh, to be honest, David, if you were to tell me, you know, Eric Smith, we just signed him, so I don't really know much about him, and Chad Slade, I think he might have had a strong finish to camp, and he had a strong finish to preseason. Obviously, that's why he's here, but not feeling great about the offensive line depth outside of Spencer Pulley. And at the same time, David, you can't ask too much of, you know, offensive alignment and offensive line depth because you can't have pro bowlers and starting caliber guys everywhere. But I felt kind of good with Chad Wheeler as a backup tackle, but now he's not even on the team. Right. You know, and to your point about you,
1: you can't ask too much about the depth. The starting five for uh, just really quick the center, John Jalapio. We didn't say that. So John Jalapio obviously rounds out is. the rounds out the the front five. It's fine. So anybody in that group gets hurt, that's a it's
0: it's a it's a severe drop-off. Let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. Besides, I think poly. Bes- well but no, but I'm saying besides center, and this is me saying John if if Jalan, John Jalapio were to ever go down. We don't exactly know who John Jalapio is yet as a full-time starting center. So if he were to ever go down, you're not feeling that's such a huge drastic loss because we've seen what Spencer Pulley can do, and he would be able to step right in. Does that make sense?
1: That's fair. Yeah, that, that makes sense. But really, sense. that's that the sense.
0: only spot where you're like, if somebody if somebody goes down, right. you're like, oh, we're Okay.
1: The tackle, the tackling guard. It's a lot of it's a lot of solid, solid pieces up, you know, as your starters, and then it's a lot of unproven, unproven guys, and that's that's you know trying to be the kindest I can, un- unproven behind them. So well, that's definitely going to be a, a situation to watch out for. And you know, the point is, it's not a jinx to say one of these guys is getting hurt. I don't know. I don't, I don't think ever a team in NFL history that's had every offensive lineman play all sixteen no. games. Someone's one of these guys is going to miss a game at some point this year. So, you know, don't just glaze over the Eric Smith, Nick Gates, and Chad Slade. You're going to see these guys. They're going to play. So, you know, you got to find the spots where they can be the most productive. So that runs out the offense. Um, Overall, with the offensive cuts and what the offense looks like, there's reason for optimism. But if you're coming from an objective point of view, I think there are things that worry you. Um, I think injuries hit them hard towards the end of the preseason. Losing Simonson is big. I think offensive line depth is an issue. And wide receiver, you could be feeling better. The Tate suspension hurts, obviously. And like I said, it's Shepard, Tate, and outside of that, it's guys who need to step up and start making plays. So, if you're ready, Justin, we'll switch over to defense. Let's do it. All right, so so we're going to start. Defensive line, I'm not good the Giants didn't really categorize it as as you know, defensive end. No no, I'm just kind of gonna go overarching position group. Defensive line, you've got BJ Hill, Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson, RJ McIntosh, and Olson Pierre. Really no surprises, I
0: don't think at all. People were not happy about Olson Pierre. Yeah, I was
1: gonna say that the only one that I think people raised their eyebrows at was Olson Pierre, but what I want to say is who else? You you need you can't just have four guys. Who else?
0: Yeah,
1: Olson Pierre was he was signed this off season. You're not going to sign a guy this in the off. It's rare to sign a guy in the off season early on during free agency, and then waive him.
0: He also did have some sacks and he had some positive plays this preseason.
1: Uh you know I don't think. The point is, this defensive line group is led by three big guys. It's B.J. Hill, Dexter Lawrence, and Dalvin Tomlinson. R.J. McIntosh. I think it'll be really, really cool for this
0: defense if R.J. McIntosh produces a little bit. I- I'm not going to say he's going to produce, but he's definitely going to get in because he's going to be a part of that rotation, a minimal role, but he will be definitely be a part of that, especially that defensive end rotation. He'll be a, he'll be a spell guy for sure. He'll he'll be the guy to, yeah. you know
1: get somebody a blow really quick. So. I don't think there's too much to get upset about. I'm I'm not upset about olsen Pierre for this for the sole fact of I don't know who else you would have put there. So I don't have a problem right. with olsen Pierre. If you don't have a problem with them, let's move on. Let's do it. All right. So linebackers,
0: probably one of the more interesting position groups. All right, so we'll so we'll start off with inside linebacker. Alec Ogletree, Tay Davis, Ryan Conley, no surprises, and then David Mayo, who was a new signing today. And then, uh, David, uh, I would like to award the winner of the Dave guttleman Foundation Roster Spot Award is going to Nate <laughs> Stupar. Don't know how. Don't know how. Don't know why. Uh, especially, he should have been one of the guys that were waived because they're injured. Like the wave slash injured category, the same category that Chad Wheeler fell under. Why didn't Nate Stupar fall under that? I don't know. The guy couldn't tackle in the open field. If you can't tackle in the open field on defense, what makes you think that he can tackle in the open field on special teams? And that's why he's on this team because of his special teams. So uh, very, very confusing. They didn't even put him on the IR. They put him on the active roster. Like he's just on the active roster right now. He's not even an IR move. So very, very confusing. But I have, uh, it's not even that, it's not even that big of a deal. It's not even that big of a problem. But I, he will now forever be the 2019 Dave Gettleman Foundation roster spot of the year award like he's that winner so congratulations (laughs) i think stupar is the only guy who you look at in the linebacker
1: group and the inside linebacker that you say you know we could have you could have put somebody else there outside of that mayo seems
0: to have not done a ton in his career it's been a brief career so far i have a feeling it's a special teams move it is because of the fact that stupar is hurt You have to bring in somebody else for special teams until Stupar gets back. And then either one of those guys, if they like Mayo and what he brings to the table, you may even see Stupar get cut or you may... I I, I don't know. But I mean, they're both on the active roster, so why would anybody need to to get cut? So never mind. And I think it's it's an
1: important point to make. And I think it's important when you look at guys like Nate Stupar, Olsen Pierre, um, and I'm thinking of one early, Cody Core. It's interesting to note, not so much for Cody Core, but maybe for the first two guys I mentioned. Remember the NFL's rules now. With the IR, you can bring two guys back. Two guys can come back after week eight. The Giants have. I would I would view it as maybe three guys who they're who they've put on the IR, who, if they are healthy, they might want to bring back. And Justin, if you disagree, let me know. But I would probably say it's Sam Beal, Big George,
0: and and Scott Simonson. Would you disagree with that? I mean, yeah, it would just depend on if those guys are just healthy to be. I mean, I think Big George. There's no reason why he shouldn't exactly. be. Yeah, um, because it's concussions. But we also said to ourselves, oh, there's no reason why Big George shouldn't be healthy right now because it was the second week of training camp that he got this concussion. Right. Um. I'm. We'll we'll, we'll get the same deal when we get to him. But that's a good point that I didn't necessarily know of that that you can actually bring like two or three guys back from the IR. At a certain point, I, that's what I, I thought. That's what the pop list was for. They have changed it in, in recent years. I think the I, I believe
1: you've been able to bring back one from the IR after week eight. They, they need to meet criteria. So I think they need to have been put on the IR to be, you know, during the before cuts like they need. They couldn't be on the roster and then go on the IR and come back. Then you could put somebody on the pop list, I think. That's confusing. I think I could be wrong. So listeners, if you know, let us know, you know, give us a little rundown on how this works because it, it admittedly is confusing. I've been trying to brush up on it in preparation for this. Um, But I do know that these guys are eligible for return. If the giants so, so choose to bring them back, it's been one. And then after 2017, the, uh, in the NFL, the PA and the NFL agreed uh, to make it two, So, that leaves spots potentially there again for Sam Beal, Big George. Big George should really be healthy at that point. You would imagine Sam Beal would be also just based on the conversation surrounding Beal during the offseason, which was it wasn't major. Um, but Sam Beal is a wild card at this point. We'll get to him in a second. Yeah. My point is the linebackers, you're carrying nine linebackers. There's no saying that by the end of the year, they'll still be carrying nine linebackers. If Sam Beal comes back and he's healthy, if Big George come back comes back and he's ready to go week eight, And they don't want to cut Chad Slade, Eric Smith, or Nick Gates. You cut David Mayo, and you've opened up a new roster spot somewhere. So I I think that's a fluid situation also. So get into the outside linebackers.
0: Yeah, outside linebackers slash edge rushers, Lorenzo Carter, Kareem Martin, O'Shane Ximenez, and Marcus Golden. Four? No surprises. No surprises. No. um, There's only two edge rushers. You got four spots. I like it. You look at the linebackers
1: as a whole, a lot, lot, lot of guys who have reason to be optimistic, but really have not shown anything yet. And So I think linebackers is a, sim- is a similar spot to um, what we're going to talk about with corner.
0: Here's a hot take. You want a hot take? Go for it. Marcus Golden's going to have a sack and a half on Dak Prescott first game season. And Giants fans are going to love him. And we're going to be like, told y'all. <laughs> we, You and I will told y'all
1: oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna bask in the glory
0: in the words of Marcus Eberhardt Mark Skolden's father get your popcorn ready you can book it you can, you, <laughs> can bu- you can book it <laughs> all right so David let's uh let's move on to the corners uh and the secondary let's just let's just bang out the corners and uh safeties as a whole can I do this really quickly go for it So cornerbacks, Janoris Jenkins, DeAndre Baker, Corey Ballantyne, Grant Haley, Antonio Hamilton. No big surprises. Antonio Hamilton uh, is thanking his lucky stars that a guy named Henry Tolliver was on this team during the preseason (laughs) because Antonio Hamilton did not look great during the preseason, but Henry Tolliver looked worse. So Antonio Hamilton, welcome to the Giants roster. Free safety, Antoine Bethea, Julian Love. David oh that's very it's very interesting that you put uh that you put uh Julian Love as a free safety is that how he's is that how he's listed on the Giants website or the Giants roster the giants have not updated their their full they they since they've been making so many moves they haven't really been updating it right. i got this off of cbs this is how they listed it i think that is fair that you put him at free safety because i think that's also how the giants would because of the fact that you have so many corners and they don't necessarily have a backup a quote unquote Backup free safety. I think that's fair that you put it that way. He's also spent. I feel like I, I don't know. I don't know if how much time he's spent at nickel corner as opposed to uh, as opposed to free safety, but it's definitely been very close. Um, he hasn't. He's looked better at slot corner than he has a free safety, but neither here nor there. Um, strong safety: Jabril Peppers, uh, Michael Thomas, and Sean Chandler. And then for spe- I'll just do special teams. Special teams: Aldrick Rosas, Riley Dixon, Zach Diasi, Um Still on the team, man. Love it. Still trucking along. Still rolling. Who, who was challenging Zach Tiaosi? Somebody was challenging him. Don't remember his name.
1: His name is his name is Pepper. I think Peppers or Pepper. He signed with the Dolphins.
0: Peppa, Peppa Pig. That wasn't him. That nope. wasn't his name. Nope, Peppa Pig. No. Nope. Um. So nope. let's uh let's talk about Sam Beal. He's the Jacoby Ellsbury of this New York Football Giants roster. We also said this on the pregame show. We've also just said this on the podcast. But uh, regardless. I hate to see like a player that's hurt and that's out for an extended period of time, but I also like when I'm right.
1: Oh, so you're just saying you're happy that you're correct and that uh, he is Jacoby Ellsbury.
0: It's, it's, it's really, it really is like a, like a love, hate type of deal that I have going on. But at this point, it's just like a running joke, at least on this podcast. I, I, I've i tried to, I've tried to really, really make that stick, but nobody seems to be picking up that, uh that whole, you know, Yankees joke right there.
1: I I get it. No, I, I, it does kind of stick. It makes a lot of sense. The only thing is, we actually, we've seen production from Jacoby. We've we've seen production or a lack thereof production one way or another. We've seen playing time for Jacoby Ellsbury. There you go. We, we haven't, seen, we haven't playing seen playing time, time
0: for Sam Beal. <laughs> um, They're both these I, mythical creatures, like these mythical figures. It's like, yeah, oh, they what, really are. What's going to happen if any of them ever come back? Ooh.
1: Sam Beal is a centaur. I don't know what that is. It's like a half man, half horse. I think.
0: No, I didn't. I didn't read the Narnia books. I was out that day.
1: It's a mythical creature. Uh, Narnia was fawn, Justin, do you know anything?
0: You're do a you mythical kn- creature.
1: Anyway, so Sam Beal, we we we've, we've already spoke a little bit about Sam Beal, but I, you know, on the IR, I have to imagine if he's eligible to return week eight, which again, Giants fans, you've got to imagine he will be. I think he, no doubt, comes back. I think he takes a roster spot probably, you know, assuming guys will be hurt by this point. I guarantee you by week eight, guys are going to be hurt. If Sam Beal's back, I think Antonio Hamilton is no longer thanking his lucky stars for anything. I think he's gone.
0: Whoa.
1: I mean, that's that's not a hot take. Sam Beal hasn't even played. That's like my thing. I'd prefer if Antonio Hamilton hadn't, though.
0: Oh. Burn.
1: I still I have to that sound if,
0: drop if, <laughs> of Ashton Kutcher yelling Burn.
1: But Justin, if you were, if you're bothered by the fact that Sam Beal hasn't played, and I agree, I get that. That's been solved by the fact that they put him on IR. He wasn't waived due to injury. He wasn't on that list. He's on the IR list. Yeah, there's a there, there's a distinct difference
0: there. All right, so I think that's it for roster talk. Uh yeah, I think so. David, let's talk about a let's talk about a few minutes because this is wait wait. So let's actually do this. Because this is the last time that we're going to have like a quote unquote regular episode before the Dallas game. Correct. We will be having our pregame show on podcast apps, which is separate from this show.
1: So if people are frustrated by the fact that we're only doing one episode a week on this on this podcast, and feel like we're cheating you out of analysis, we're not. It's just on a different podcast. It's just on a different podcast channel. That's right. Won't we drop that? not we drop that name real quick, Justin?
0: It's called a uh, Bleeding Blue Colon Giants pregame show. And at least so far, at least David and I have been. Well, I mean, a little bit, a little bit more me than David, to be honest. Uh, we've been really good at predicting the future. Whoa! So, so give a listen. Wow. So give it a listen. Just wow. And give us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. Absolutely. But anyway, um, let's uh, let's talk about this Dallas game. David, are the Giants going to win or not? You know, I think they I I think they do.
1: I think Ezekiel Elliott has a big role to play in this. Oh yeah, that's right. Ooh. But personally, I don't think Zeke will be back week 1. Just from the sound If they didn't get a contract done this weekend and it seemed like everything was going in that direction, something's happened. Something has fallen through. They 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 didn't make the progress they thought they were going to make. We don't know what it is the I think they're being pretty hush-hush about what's going on over there there's not really any leaks breaking any information. I was pretty certain, you know, 4 days ago, 5 days ago that Zeke would be playing week 1. We'd have to deal with him. I'm not so certain anymore. Aside from that, I I just I I like I like this roster. There are definitely holes, don't get me wrong, but I don't think the Cowboys are necessarily um I don't think they are any, I don't think they're they're necessarily any better. They've got holes.
0: Michael Boker was really going to not like you. Well, I, I you're going to, you're going to tell, you're going to tell Michael Boker that on the pregame show, a little sneak peek. We're going to have a uh, bleeding blues own co-host of uh, some of the Yankee episodes we did in the past. And then you also heard him when we were doing our NFC East preview episode a while back, Michael Boker. He's going to be on the pregame show with us because he's a big Cowboy fan, and he really knows a lot about the Cowboys, so he'll give some valuable insight on the Cowboys. He's not going to be happy with you that you said well, that, David.
1: I mean, I would hope he wouldn't be. It would bother me if he was like, that's a great take. <laughs> Do you
0: disagree, though? You, you, you asked me point blank. Are they going to win? Are they going to win? I say no. Okay, why? I say no, and the reason why I say no is because the Giants have too many new things there's still too much newness. There's still too much to kind of figure out. And the Cowboys don't. The Cowboys ha- are in a point at their, you know, where they are at right now, where it's, they have an expectation to go out there and win the Super Bowl. And that is either with Ezekiel Elliott or without Ezekiel Elliott, because frankly, the running back position doesn't have a ton of value. So even if you see Tony Pollard back there, guarantee a Tony Pollard can do just as solid as a, four and a half yards per carry job that Ezekiel Elliott does. So, you know, Ezekiel Elliott isn't anything like extravagant. I'm sorry, he's not. Especially these last two years where he's been more relevant based off of the volume of carries he gets rather than actually he's efficient with the ball in his hands. Neither here nor there. Cowboys are at a point where they want to go out there, they want to win a Super Bowl. Like the Giants are are in a state right now where they're trying to figure out who they are. And I think for week one, that's going to hurt the Giants. Not saying week two. Definitely definitely not saying week two, weeks two, three, and four. But for week one, for who they're playing, where they're playing them, that's not an easy environment to play in. And especially for a lot of these secondary pieces, DeAndre Baker, who's going to be coming back. Corey Ballantyne is going to be heavily relied on. Julian Love is going to be heavily relied on. Lorenzo Carter is going to be our number one edge rusher. Marcus Golden is stepping back into the spotlight. You know, this is going to be his his f- year where he's healthy. And, you know, there's going to be no worries about the ACL. O'Shane Ximenez is a rookie. His first game is going to be in Jerry world. It's just too much newness and it's too much questions. And Dallas doesn't have those questions. That's a good point. I hope I, I hope the Giants win. It's
1: a it's a very, very good <laughs> point. I think at the very least, whether you think they're, whether you think if you're predicting they're going to lose, you're predicting they're going to win. I think no doubt in the last we'll say month, month and a half. There are reasons for Giants fans to believe that the game will be close. It'll be competitive. The Giants, I think, will definitely show leaps and bounds of improvement. I think they might surprise some people in their level, and just their level of play. Um, in the level of play of some of the young pieces, in the level of play with the running game, the creativity of their offense, it might turn some people's heads. Now, whether it translates to a win or... Or a close loss, I'm not really sure. I just don't think they're going to walk in the Jerry world and get soundly beaten. No, I certainly agree with you, David. That's a good point about the newness being a,
0: being a factor. But also, you have to remember, I, I I'm not a, I'm a, we're going to ask Michael Boker this, and this is again another reason to listen to the pregame show. Jerry Jones has put his foot in his mouth all preseason. Like I like remember when I got mad at John Mara for saying one thing and then literally not saying another thing for the rest of the summer, which is good. Jerry Jones has not shut his mouth, and he has isolated his good football players. Like really, he's said, "Oh yeah, uh, we haven't won a, a Super Bowl uh, with Ezekiel Elliott." Blah 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 blah. And he said all these different quotes about how the running back position doesn't matter. And frankly, I agree with him. But <laughs> you know, uh, that's disturbing. Uh... <laughs> I I agree with him, but I'm also a Giants fan who is biased. You don't say that about your own players because you're isolating the locker room and you're isolating your players. You're isolating what is supposed to be a very well-liked, very important player on your football team. So I don't know what the state of that locker room is like. I don't know. They could come out and they could be a fucking mess. Especially if Ezekiel Elliott is on the field and all of this drama has happened throughout this entire summer, the Cowboys can come out here and be a mess for all we know. Which, you know, I think you're talking a little bit more hypotheticals and that's a little bit more of a hypothetical conversation rather than actually X's and O's where I feel like the newness versus, you know, the Cowboys approach for 2019. I feel like that's a reasonable take. Whereas all oh, the drama that's happening in the Cowboys locker room, that's more of like a, a hypothetical conversation rather than like X's and O's. Yeah. So there's also to, to, to kind of keep that in mind as well.
1: That's a, that's, that's also a good point. The Cowboys, they're, they're a wild card. They're a wild card team in this, not, not in, not in, standing position. I mean, they're a wild card in terms of you they're one of those teams you never know what you're gonna get. You never know who you're gonna get. And a lot of times the week one cowboys are vastly different from the week five cowboys you see. They 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 turn it on, they turn it off. When they turn it off they're real bad. When they turn it on they can be real good. Um and, and I think that all starts that all starts with Dak Prescott. Um so we'll get into a lot more of those kinds of conversations uh on the pregame show which will drop on Sunday morning, correct Justin? Yes. So stay stay tuned for that. I wanna tease. Really quick, just tease. Just a little just give you a little touch of it. Big big thing, Justin, I think you're overlooking when you talk about the newness. Is possibly the one group on this team that is a little bit less new just in terms of experience is the group on this team that I think in previous years has been responsible for our inability to beat the Cowboys, which is the offensive line. That's the only position group on this team that I think could sway the way the game goes, because that's the reason why the giants have had a hard time beating Dallas in the past. They can't protect Eli. They can't run the ball against Dallas. They can't, they can't perform offensively. That'll be interesting to see because I think the offensive line might be a little bit more prepared for a week one in Jerry world. They seem to have gelled a little bit, and they've got experienced guys on that on that in that position group. But we'll talk about that more on Sunday morning. That being said, Justin, you got anything else?
0: Nope.
1: No. Uh I don't think I do either. So why don't you close us out?
0: Keep on bleeding blue. Go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants. Gigantes. That's how you say Giants in Spanish. Probably yeah, not.
1: Probably not. You probably just alienated a good portion of the listeners.
0: Yep. Uh, Go Giants. Uh, Keep on bleeding blue. And until next time, David.
1: Everybody stay beautiful.